something's up with my phone the past couple of days. I've been getting calls from like overseas. Oh, word. No, I don't fuck with that. Yeah, like, I don't like I'll take scam likely shit, but yeah, because I can just like laugh and hang up on those. Yeah. But yeah. like this is some. I mean, I know I'm fucking traveling the globe, but it is what it is. You globe trotting son of a bitch, you. One day. Me too. Someday, hopefully. Just a quick heads up to you. At some point, maybe not this. I might be able to get through this segment, but if I do have to poop, that's fine. Quick pause. Yeah. Quick pause. Heard. Well, uh, speaking of some shit. first instance of malfeasance by the commissioner of what we're seeing. At some point, some Chinese food's going to pull up and we're going to pause the recording and eat it. Josh Groban! He's eating his own sushi! That's the most baller thing I've ever seen! And, like, everyone doesn't look good naked all the time. I love this cornbread so much, I want to take it behind a middle school and get it pregnant. Cool beans, man. I live by the quarry. We should hang out by the quarry and throw things down there. What you doing? Hey, girl. Where you going? Come on, our cats were just about to have sex. Ooh, shaking his fanny at us. <laughs> Meow. Mother, may I? Dickie, what's up, buddy? What's up, buddy? Hey, How man. How we doing? Welcome. Good, man. Thanks for having me back. Oh, yeah. Good to have you back. I'm Derek Weber. That's my buddy, Dickie Butler. We're doing another After the Laugh Track installment today. Is it worth it? That's right. The return of the segment, Is It Worth It? On our first installment, Dickie deemed New Girl was worth it. So let's find out if he feels the same about today's show, Community. So Derek had given me a couple different options. Or, uh, um, I presented this. I presented Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, I forget what the other one I brought up was. There was a few on the table. Rock, I think, well, 30 Rock came up after we decided oh, on Community. Okay. And uh, that's one that we're going to explore down the road, too, because that'll be fun to talk about. Hopefully we can do that as a trio with Mr. Yeah, Ryan I was going to say, I heard it was somebody's favorite show who's yeah. now back on the air, but... I don't make those decisions. This isn't my show. That's right. I'm just a gracious guest. Just a gracious guest. Well, we're happy to have you back. And uh, so we just watched the pilot for Community. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. I'm going to get Dickie's opening impressions. And we're going to get a couple light predictions for where he thinks the show might go. So first of all, give me your first impressions. What did you think of that pilot? Well, I it was pretty fucking funny. I, I expected that. I know Donald Glover writes on it and whatnot. So I knew it was going to be decent, but I enjoyed it a lot. I will tell you right now, though, this main character, Jeff, is your textbook confidence, man. That's Something's going on with this guy, man. Something's going on with Jeff Winger, you say? And we find out he's got some ties with Columbia right off the bat in this episode. That is true. He uh, got his degree from Columbia. Now he has to get one from America. Yeah, great, he, great little pun. I like that joke a lot. Episode starts off in a like the what's the I'm blanking on the word like the like a in college is like that open area like 
Uh, like a courtyard or like... Yeah, and it opens up in a community college courtyard, which I like to think is right down the street at Washtenaw Community College. That's where... I think this is where this is set. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, get it close to home. That's right. Love that. So it opens up. The, the dean is making a speech. He he misses a cue card and just winds up just like saying something. It's like <laughs> Telling everybody their dreams do not matter. Yeah, basically. You're going nowhere in life, everybody. Yeah, pretty classic. Uh, yeah, so the dean opens up. Then we cut to Jeff Winger and Abed. And Abed is just ranting at Jeff Winger uh, about all sorts of things. And then is able to give Jeff Winger a little... Uh, Rundown about Britta, and he replies with, that's her, I see that's your her name. value. That's her name is Britta? Britta. Oh, okay. Yep. I didn't catch that at first. Yep, her name is Britta. And, uh, yeah, after Abed gives the rundown about Britta, Jeff, Jeff replies with, I see your value now, Abed. I'm just putting it out there right now that he is the best character in the show so far. Abed? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's he's the runaway of this show for sure, in my opinion. I'm excited to see your later thoughts on him when we watch a couple more episodes he coming up here. He just doesn't have a filter. He'll say whatever he wants, kind of like Chevy Chase. Very Ch- different type of unfiltered people. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also, what you got to come to realize about the show is it's set in the 80s. It's got to be. Chevy Chase's character thinks he, well, Chevy Chase probably thinks he's 21 years old right now. He's out of his fucking mind. Full-fledged lunatic, and that only gets crazier, too. And what what puts fact to my claim is, there's the, right off, like, pretty early on in the episode, there's a scene where Jeff, and is that the dean of, who's his buddy? Is that the dean of the community college? No, so that is, I believe he's an anthropology professor. He's a professor at the university, oh, okay. at, the, at the community Some college. bullshit degree. Yeah, I think he's an anthropology professor, technically. If I recall correctly, community heads, shout us out on Twitter. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, fill us in on that. I mean, it's at least it's not like some liberal. I'm like 80% like, sure it's anthropology. Well, anyways, he... Uh, no, I'm wrong. Anthropology is a class they take later. He is um, a fucking psychic. Or psychic. Psychiatrist. <laughs> it's a tie in the psych. Psychiatry professor. Okay, so it is some bullshit degree. I fucking knew it. But they're sitting in the office talking about why this guy, Jeff, who's dressed in a blazer and Adidas track pants that he got from fucking Barber, the Disco Biscuits. They're talking about how he just got suspended from his bar because he lied about his college education. And he did not go to Columbia University or University of Columbia, Columbia University, whatever the school is. It's a nice school. I'm an idiot. But That is a nice school. Yes. <laughs> it's a nice school. He got his... Law degree from Columbia, the country, which I have to imagine he was working for Pablo Escobar in some point. If down in the 80s, he was a lawyer in Colombia or America. I like how you just set the rest of the show into the 80s because that's where Chevy Chase still feels he's trapped. Yeah, he's he must think he's 21. years. The guy's. Yeah, uh, it, it starts in like 2009 or so. I mean, no, later than that, 2013, maybe, 2012, somewhere in there. Yeah, I'm sure that's when they made the show and put that's the show out. That's when it's out. supposed to be set. Oh, oh, fuck that. Like I said, though, I do like your illusion that Ch- that they're all in the 80s. Yeah, and Derek had said Ahmed had given Jeff the inside on Brito. Abed. Abed. So that's right there. And then we end up in a study group. Which 
I thought it was a, I thought it was a legit study group too. I knew he was a tutor, and he spoke. It looked like he was speaking fluent Spanish because of all of his time spent in Colombia. Furthering my point from before, that's where he learned it all. He was talking to Pablo Escobar about kilos of cocaine, and it's the eighties. And they go to the study group, and what do you need at a late night study group? What does Chevy Chase need at a late night study group? He needs cocaine. Thank you very much, Derek. Thank you very much. Hey, happy to help, buddy. Please tell me more about this cocaine fuel narrative that you have going on with community. Well, they're at this study group, which everyone alludes to is very much like the Breakfast Club, even though they're not high school kids in detention. They're, Mostly Abed. They're coll- well, no, they all played along with it. He's just the one who was spouting off the, all the cigarette references and all this and that. We're at this study group. Everyone believes is still real at this point. They've actually brought in 10 other people. Donald Glover makes his appearance in a fucking varsity jacket. The guy's a freshman in college. Christ almighty. Yeah. Someone kick his ass. Yeah, if anyone's listening to this that is going into their like freshman year of college, don't wear your high school paraphernalia to your college, bro. Don't, Grow up. Don't do it. It's, You're on your next chapter. Everyone around you is going to think you look weird. That's the most polite way to put it. Yeah, I'm a nice guy around here. So Britta, she starts catching on, I think, at this point, that something's afoot with Jeff. We all know. You can just, the vibe this guy gives out is he's going to try to get my credit card information at some point or another in this series. They step outside. He says the best quote I've heard this entire show so far, where he says, if your cigarette has a filter, it's not bad for you. And I stand by that. And this show stands by Big Tobacco. <laughs> what an endorsement to try to chase. I don't know if everyone else is behind it on this show, but you know what? I am. I know one of who's not is Ryan King. That guy breezes like the wind. It makes no sense. That guy smells like a strawberry daiquiri and mint at all times. It makes no sense. We stand by Big Tobacco. Ryan, put down the breeze. <laughs> this uh, this is a very important line in the sand that you've decided to draw. Yeah, and it's all based on the best the, the, the best quote in the whole show so far, in my eyes. So far. He's one episode in. That's his best quote thus far. So he goes back in because she's like, hey, you got to figure out this problem. Everyone's fighting tooth and nail. And she's like, I will go to dinner with you if you fix this problem because these people are damaged. They're broken. She calls him out on his bullshit, too. She sees through what he was doing as a ruse to get into her pants before that. But, yes, uh, gives him the dinner carrot. And then we go to find out. They do the one of those, like, first day of work, first day of school things where it's like, um, who's so-and-so? Who are you? And there is a girl in there dubbed Annie Adderall, which I bet she makes a killing at Washtenaw County Community College. I bet she just brings in tuition and then some. And if you think the study group is going to be lit on cocaine, Annie Adderall is going to come in on those fucking strung out days so that they get some schoolwork done. Oh, that's great. That that was such a, it's a passing line in this episode. You find out more about why she's dubbed Annie Adderall eventually. It's a pretty fleeting line in the episode though. And I'm really happy that you leached onto that part. Oh, it was my, I I was immediately was like, she's going to play a big role in this series. Annie Adderall. It's all coming together. A lot of uppers for Dickie so far. I mean, that's, 
I'm just calling it how I see it. Hey, no, I know. I, I get it, man. Hey, I appreciate it. You're building a narrative here. And then, you know, and one of the, I also noticed, too, you know that another one of those, like, really quick throwaways that I think makes, you know, the when they mention Bill Murray? Yeah. It's like, I forget what they say. They're like, oh, he's like that Bill Murray and that whatever. I was basically trying to figure out which Bill Murray character to assign to Jeff Winger in that moment. Okay. And I was half expecting Chevy Chase to be like, I fucking know that guy. Just out of nowhere. <laughs> Just like out of character for a second. Like, yeah, forgetting where he was, which you can clearly tell is going on the whole time. No, that's in the DVD special features. Okay. Well, that's one of the cut scenes because they were like, damn it, Chevy, for the seventh to cut, <laughs> Chevy, stop mentioning that. <laughs> you were a character named Pierce Hawthorne right now that doesn't know Bill Murray. Okay, I got it. Yeah, Action. He, yeah, he's, oh, I know that guy. He's Shit. Playing, right. a, playing a 21-year-old in this the entire time. That's hilarious. Great stuff. Then he has to, Jeff has to step out again, this time to pick up a package containing test answers. I call bullshit. That there's something else in there that he's bringing up to these kids up in the school. But something else. Something else. It's got like CD packaging and all. Have you ever talked to somebody for 35 seconds and been like, I don't want to be here anymore? Yes. Yes, I have. That's kind of where this is like. Dipping into it, so it's like, oh my god, what is this guy gonna do to me? Should I watch where I sleep? Getting uncomfortable. I know. I mean, he's wearing disco biscuits track pants and a fucking blazer, and then like he's got a sweater going on too. The guy must be hot. Definitely looks uncomfortably warm for sure. Yeah, and like, well, maybe that's because he's always sweating because he's such a sketchball because he doesn't he has that nervous energy. Maybe that's the cover up. Is the heavy clothing. He's like, no, I'm just sweating because it's fucking 85 degrees in Michigan. It's early. Oh, probably like 75 degrees. This is beginning of the semester in sure. Ypsilanti, Michigan. Yes, yeah, yeah, right down the road in Ypsilanti, Michigan, of course. Well, yeah, I just, I don't, he, I might like him. But TBD. TBD. All right, so that's the that's the gist of the first episode. And then they they all learn that he's a fraud and not really a Spanish tutor. And they decide to band together to try to study for this Spanish test they're going to have to take the next day, which Jeff expects to fail. They're like, come on, you got to try to put a little bit of effort in. We'll do it together. And a little hunky-dory ending, and we have a study group, and we have a basis for a show now. Yep. They, they almost left him out crying on the steps into the library. He was in shambles. He was just like, I suck. Those weren't test answers in there after all. I got hustled by a British guy. I know. Like, and they were boys, too. They were boys. I don't trust that guy. Don't, a, Professor like a, Duncan is... That yep. Professor Duncan, I mean, how much shit do you need in your office? Like, he's hoarding for sure. Definite hoarding problem, no question. Especially, it's a small and, and office. We, and you really know, can't afford to hoard in that type we of know closet the, slash office. We know those types of people, too. We do. I, I, I know hoarders well. Yeah. You should see, like, when Derek and Ryan record at his house, they're sitting on fucking phone books, and they're sitting... Like, there's trash everywhere. But he, but he says he needs it for later, so that's okay. <laughs> the the painting of Ryan's house that's, becoming I mean, more clear to the audience by the moment. I know, like, and I enjoy being on here. I know there's a little angle Derek works when he asks me to come on. He's like, your dining room is so much more welcoming, so much more comfortable. And I didn't just step in jello. <laughs> The Jello problem is getting excessive, Ryan. You should clean up the Jello cups. Yeah, diabetes is real, man. <laughs> diabetes. Stop eating. Stop eating that. 
He just leaves them out for other people. He thinks that's a nice welcome treat. He likes community, right? I don't think he's watched community. Martha gets into community. Okay. Martha seems like the type. Martha it's is. A, it's a good show. It, I like, like, when we did this for New Girl, I like that. I did enjoy it. It was worth it if everybody didn't listen to that. Gave it the thumbs up. This was definitely funnier, and it was, like, a lot more adult. Definitely more adult uh, in a different way as well. Yeah, really racy at points, too. Like, Chevy Chase says some outlandish shit. Yeah, uh, yeah. the Chevy Chase grenades get more extensive as we go. So Sweet. That's what I was hoping. Like, again. All right, so give me some predictions where we're going. Give me some, give me some thoughts. This is a... This is six seasons of television in total, by the six way. Six seasons? How many years span in the six seasons? Um, The timeline of the show exists in a six-year span. Okay, so... Well, it doesn't take a jump forward in time at any point. It's basically a linear time. Well, where this show is going, first and foremost, is 1984 to 1990. That's your six years right there. It's going there. Um... I think that Jeff is going to end up with Britta for a second. She's going to become a main accomplice accomplice in all of his criminal activity. There's no way this guy is not pulling heists and cons and scams this entire time. I think it's great television. He should. It almost like maybe gives some people, some of our listeners ideas on how to take part in some of these frauds. If you like, you're hurting from, we're all hurting for money. Go out there, learn a little something. And, you know, maybe one day make a name for yourself as Confidence Man 101. Get into the grift is what Dickie's trying to say. Yep. Yeah. All so, right, so Jeff's out there grifting with Britta by his side. She's going to become an accomplice. She looks like a snitch. She already said she does. She already reneged on her whole take him out to dinner thing. After a rousing speech, I thought she was like, I'm going to blow this guy. But then she was like, no, you're a jerk. You lied to my face. Honesty's number one for me, she says. And then she just says, I can't go out to dinner with you. He was probably like, where do you think they'd go out to dinner? Him and well, it, he would take her somewhere. Blazer track pants. He would take her somewhere that looks nicer than it is. Olive Garden. No, no. it'd be somewhere like, not not a chain, but somewhere like that where it's not actually where, that nice. It just well, looks nice. Where in Ipsy would he take her since everything's right? Devotown's right outside camp. Well, they probably hang out at Eastern parties and shit. I, they would go to like worst bar. That's right there. That's where that's where their dinner date was gonna be. I dinner think. date at Worst Bar. All right. It is cool. This is set in, in town. Yeah. I'm, so gl- I'm glad you got me hit right. to that. So uh some other characters. What happens with Abed? What happens Well Abed that guy's smart as a whip. He remembers everything. He's must be is that little maybe on the spectrum a little bit? I don't know. But he is on top of his facts. He sounds like a PI. I mean, he got all the dirt on Britta right off the bat. I mean, if he sees it, that's that's in his that's steel trap mind right there. So I think he's going to become a private investigator on campus. Like, hey, is my boyfriend cheating on me? Go to his dorm room. Hey, did that did that guy? I don't know, but you know where it's going with this. I, I can see it. All right, he's sure. going to be a private investigator. Okay. Uh, Chevy Chase is going to like he's he's going to dive into this delusion. That he's actually a college student. And I I hope he breaks the fourth wall more than a few times. Just but, continually forgets that he is not actually Chevy Chase. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. Or that he is actually Chevy Chase, rather. Yeah, there's gonna hopefully there's a lot of that. I All mean, right. Well you don't want that stuff happening to your grandparents, but 
character on a TV show, someone you've seen like act his whole life, it's a little hilarious. Yeah, and someone it's who's a, a little, fucking racist anyway. So a little him. hilarious. Yeah, and he's a fucking racist anyway. We might as well enjoy laughing at the racist. Amen. Yeah. Amen to that. We, Laugh we don't at what su- a fool he is. We don't support that here. That's right. We support Big Tobacco. <laughs> Exclusively, apparently. And then... then you I got- hope Donald Glover fucking grows the hell up. Or, one of what I really hope happens to him, all this shit we were talking about, him like varsity jacket, he broke his uh, broke both his collarbones on a keg stand or a keg flip. I hope we don't see the potential in this young athlete, and he ends up a five-star JUCO transfer to Notre Dame. Go Irish, baby. We need a running back right now. We we don't actually, but I like this kid. He brings some brings some moxie. Brings. He, he's, some- he's kind of funny if he pulls his head out of his ass and at least gets some Washington County Community College swag and gets rid of the varsity jacket. Watching that first episode to watching the episode we're about to watch next, Troy is the funniest of the transformations That's as far as where the they show. are. His name is Troy. Okay. And uh, where we're going to pick up at with Troy, in fact, this is a good sequitur to we're about to pause our recording here in a minute and jump into. I've actually picked a pair of episodes because a two part episode, smack dab in the middle of the show, that I think really paints the picture for Dickie well. And it is the. Pillow and blanket fort. Ooh, I was gonna say we got some episodes. time to kill. It's some good stuff. Uh, you get to see what Troy has become very clearly in this pair of episodes, and it's great stuff. I'm very excited. So we're gonna pause here, and uh, for you listening, we will unpause momentarily. All right, so we are back. We just got done watching season three, episodes 13 and 14, titled Digital Exploration of Interior Design. A.K.A. Hour-Long Fucking Pillow Fight. And part two, Pillows and Blankets. Yeah, big giant pillow fight. Yeah, it got uh, not so intense. It's a pillow fight. It's a pillow fight. Uh, But So it starts off with that same creepy old dude, bald dude. What's going on with him? Who is this guy? The creepy old man? Yeah, the bald dude. Uh, that's Leonard, the other old guy? Yeah, he is started The Chase old guy? Yeah, yeah. Well, he started off... Oh, the dean? Yeah, the bald guy with the glasses. Yeah, that's the dean of the the college. So that's why he starts off every episode? (laughs) He doesn't literally start out every episode. He does start a fair amount of them off. But yes, uh, he is the dean of this community college. He gives me the creeps. A little bit. He's a... (laughs) Well, this guy's this guy's the dean of the school down the street from my house. I wonder if he's walking down the street like three in the morning some nights now. You, your questions are valid. He is uh, revealed to be quite a fucking weirdo throughout the show, for sure. Oh Christ! Yeah. Oh yeah. Your instincts are actually spot on about this guy. With not, they he actually are. doesn't do that much in either of the episodes of, that you've seen thus far. But yeah, the dean is indeed quite a crazy fucking character. Takes a creep to know a creep. I sniffed him out. Sniffed him out, no problem. Easy peasy, in fact. But yeah, so what? So let's start with the first of the two episodes. You get the Subway story. Yeah, Subway, first off, of all sandwich chains to go with. It's the, oh my god. 
I mean, again, was, Jim, was, was Jimmy John, was Jimmy way. John's just like, absolutely not. Like we don't want any part of what Chevy Chase might say during the running of the show. I mean, I would strike. I would think Jimmy John's would be down with the message of the Chevy Chase things. And maybe that's the problem. Really? Is that Jimmy John's thing? They're not. I don't know. I think Jimmy, that's not the, so cool the people. Dude, like poaches elephants and shit. Oh, well, I mean, that's not like you can hate animals and not someone's skin color. <laughs> I mean, I guess <laughs> you got me there. Because get- Chevy Chase, there's a there's another few of those one liners he throws in this episode where it's like, where'd this go? Oh man, yeah, <laughs> no, he's. I mean, he's portrayed to be like a racist jerk of a character mostly on oh, the yeah. show. And then he also says, and we'll get back into the beginning of the episode, but I just have to clear a bunch of this up. It is set in the '80s. He drops the hint. He's like, it's the '90s now, and it's just like, oh, so some time has passed since the pilot but we're now in the 90s which you can really tell because like right off the bat in this episode they're sitting around eating their subway fucking disgusting and you can tell they're really tight like a gang like like they're a cocaine dealing gang you're like and i was like oh my predictions are right but then the whole it just takes on a a lot more light tone throughout the episode i was like oh they don't deal cocaine anymore and then chevy chase says oh it's the 90s and I was like, that makes fucking sense. I was like, they're done with it. They outlived it. They got through their first two years of college, I want to say. And now they've grown up a little bit, except for Donald Glover. Fucking what happened with that? Why is he involved in this? So Donald Glover does actually leave the show at a point, but it is at the back end of the series. Just like in season five, he departs the show. Well, I'm, I was talking more about how did he become kind of douchey high school stud football player to now he's got the mind of a seven well seven eight year old it's it's interesting it's a funny transformation he takes for sure um yeah fill in the blanks like, for me how do you that, think it I goes down say is this well no, i'm confounded by it it's like is this a neurological thing i mean is this some some mental health thing he's got going on where he realized football wasn't going to work and the whole Juco transfer into Notre Dame thing was too much. Maybe it was the Catholic shit. Maybe he didn't want to get touched. Oh my, that's what it is. He went to Notre Dame on a recruiting visit, met with one of the priests there. And I'm sorry, I'm talking about my favorite school in the world right now, but God damn, it's probably true. And he ended up, one of the fathers made a pass at him, which it happens. And would you pass up that education for a little touch touch? Yes. Yes, really? I would. Really? Yeah, man. You know what type of job you can get with that ND at the top of your college <laughs> diploma? <laughs> it's great stuff. You can go, oh, Fortune 500, Forbes list style shit. But so he got touched on the leg. That's as far as it went. I mean, this is a, tr- it's a show on Netflix. They can't really get extremely extre- and this was an nbc show initially so oh so yeah it's like an nbc major show. syndication yeah. yeah if this was hbo they'd probably show him blowing the priest but it's on nbc so it's just a touch on the leg it triggers past trauma that he went through as a kid being and it's, i'm not laughing at him being touched i'm laughing at the fact that donald glover had to play this eight-year-old for the rest of the series because <laughs> that because through his trauma he reverted to a childlike state um, so this is a the note dots to, are all getting put together. This is a note to self that I need to insert a very specific clip from a Troy and Britta scene here that Dickie will appreciate when he re-listens to this pod when I release it. Um, I was captain of my high school football team. Oh. 
it was very hard being popular. <clears throat> what a loser. Okay, great. Next person. I've always felt somehow ignored, almost invisible. Like every time I go to say something, somebody just- My uncle put his finger in my no-no. Boom, dropped. There we go. <laughs> it's really interesting, your prediction. But we're going forward from there. Well, I'm usually right on the money with what I say on this show. So, record states it. Record obviously states it. So, uh, all right, so that's that's Troy's path around. The, uh, that's what's happened with Troy in the gap here. And then bombshell number one hits me like a ton of bricks. This is right in the feels. This is one of my favorite actors ever. John fucking Goodman? Yeah, out of nowhere? Out of left field, John Goodman. He's going through some stuff right now. They already had one older fucking man on this show who's going to say some racy shit, and they're like, we need two of them. I'm here for it. This yeah. is fucking Walter from the Big Lebowski. Like, oh, what? we're talking icons here, folks. Icons for sure. Community gets some real high-quality cameos and like guest stars for runs throughout its six seasons. They get some pretty impressive draws. There's a great Jack Black episode at one point. Like, honestly, no matter what's discussed from here on out going forward, I just want to say that I will watch this show religiously just to hear the shit that comes out of those two's mouths. Dickie's uh, like, fully in already just yeah. from John Goodman being added to the, the gumbo pot. Because, like, you'll laugh at it, and then you're like, Thank I wouldn't say it, but, you know. Yeah, you're, you're, you know. Out of the, you're out of this world, my man. <laughs> but, yeah, so... John Goodman comes in. Is that when he starts talking to Troy? Yeah, his first scene is with Troy. Okay, so he starts talking to Troy, Donald Glover, about going to trade school. Am I remembering this right? Yeah, so it's an air conditioning repair school okay. within Greendale's Community College. So what I was just talking about, and this show is ridiculous, but the one black guy, they're like, hey, maybe college isn't for you. It's like, well, John Goodman, Jesus Christ, you've been on the show for five seconds. Five seconds, and you're going there already, John Goodman. Yeah. Why do you have to go there? I know. At least talk about like going to see a student advisor or something, like get your grades back up. But also, he's got the mind of a seven-year-old. What's he doing in college? He should be in therapy. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that plot line is interesting. So, John Goodman's in like eight-ish episodes of the show, give or take, throughout that like whole season, essentially. Yeah, and... I think they should have kept him for longer. What are they thinking? Is this why the show kind of... I mean, like, then again, you know, he probably just wasn't available for that much more. You know, I mean, was, it is John Goodman. Yeah, we're talking about a legend here. I doubt he wanted to full-time join a sitcom. Yeah, that is true. No, nice little guest run for him. And a hilarious... No, and, this, and this is, like... I, Holi- for, I forgot the character. T- I forgot the time frame of the show. This is still, like... He's still coming out with some shit. Yeah, so this is the third year of the show, so you're talking like 2011. Yeah, so we got hangovers and shit. Well, no, he's not. Well, he's in the hangover three. Speaking of hangover, we got Mr. Ken Jeong. Yeah, first introduction to Ken Jeong. Fucking Chow. That's uh, Chang. Chang. Well, Chow from Hangover. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, but yeah, his <laughs> name is Ben Chang on yep. the show. Yeah, just hit that room right on the head. So... How do you think Ben Chang gets introduced in this show? What do you think Ben Chang's deal on the show is? Because he's not in the pilot, so you don't get introduced to what his technical start out is. Well, before I could even think of the idea, they throw it right at you that he has child labor force. This one is dedicated to fighting his enemies. I'm sure his previous one before the show was building sneakers. 
making mass mass produced sneakers. And well, he's got the child labor there. He said it. And he said, Derek's shaking his head over there. He like, does God, have a child like, labor God force. Bless. Yeah. Like, what are I you mean, he about? does he, in this episode. He does have a child labor force. You're absolutely right. Like You're we said, folks, we just call it how we see it on the show. I just observe the show. And the child labor force starts swinging this pillow fight. It's going. Oh, that's is that the second episode that that comes in? The second. Well, so they come in in the second episode in the pillow fight. Okay. Well, the pillow fight. Oh, I. It really starts the very end of the first episode. Okay, that's before right. then they're both building respective. It starts with them building one fort, and then Troy branches out to build its own blanket fort to set the record. And then the very end of the first episode is the first blow of the pillow fight, essentially being the rogue pillow tossed by Star Burns. Good call on the two-parter, by the way. It's a fun two-parter. Add to it a little bit. Yeah, it's a fun two-parter. It gives you a little bit more of a taste of the show than doing a solo episode in the middle, which is kind of fun as well. I was There was a few episodes I was between. I'm glad I went with this pair, actually, because I think it's a really fun, weird taste of the show. Because they, they do a good handful of very thematic episodes like this. There's a couple paintball wars that are legendary. There's some other weird like documentary-style stuff they do in different angles throughout the series. It's... it's they are pretty experimental in the sitcom world, and I dig that part of the show a lot. Yeah, the tone definitely changed for sure, and I had to throw a lot of my predictions in the trash. A lot of them hold up. I mean, we'll see what happens, but we definitely have to go back to the whole plot of the first episode. I kind of jumped out of that real quick, but so this so this whole show takes on this tone of an allegory for not falling in love with corporate America, and... I don't know how I feel about all this because as they're doing this, they're monotonizing their TV show. Oh yeah. No, there's a paid sponsorship between NBC and subway for the feature of subway all over this episode. Yeah. To make an allegory about not falling in love with corporate America, because we are introduced to a new character named subway. Yeah. Shout out that actor. Who's also a very funny character on always sunny. And a very funny character on Scrubs. Whose name oh, is... Defender. I can never remember the actor's name. Name is in the bio. Yeah, it'll, it'll be... You can find it on the internet. Look it up. Look it up. And he... We never find out his real name. Because kind of like how you can get tattoos of companies on yourself. They like... You, get, you pay for the tattoo, but then they give you like a $300 check. Some bullshit. But some people think it's worth it. I say go for it if you're listening at home. And... Kind of like that, corporations in this fucked up world, the community, can actually buy people. Where you sign your identity over to them for three years of your life, and they promise to pay you out fat at the end. Travis Schult is the actor's name. Travis Schult. Shout out Travis Schult. Playing Subway. Hope he's a fan of the show. (laughs) That would be pretty fucking cool, Travis. If you're out there, we love you. We'll get in touch with you. And I... I can honestly see this becoming a thing. People selling their identity to a subway. I don't, I wouldn't do that. I would go for McDonald's, go for something like a heavy hitter, heavy hitter. Yeah. yeah you can do better than subway. Yeah. Cause subway, I mean, they've had some spokespeople in the past. We don't agree with here. Speaking of McDonald's, my price tag is pretty high, but like you could have a podcast hosted by McDonald's. I'll sell out. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, absolutely. Brought to you by a Big Mac. Let's go. I heard Ryan King is the new spokesperson for Subway. <laughs> Following in Jared's footsteps. God. Of being a spokesperson for Subway. 
Nothing else. It's, yeah, only the spokesperson only for Subway part. That's allegedly. And but yeah, I, I that was one thing about the episode where I was like, I was enjoying it. I was laughing, but I was like, this could fucking happen. For sure, there's definitely, there's definitely some like ominous. Oh, this could go down for sure. Stuff there. Because yeah, when I first heard about the tattoo thing, I was like, that's really strange. And why would somebody want to like make a part of their life story this fucking company? But like making your life a part of that company and like not working for them, but just being just a piece being of property. Them. Yeah, just being a piece of property. Like, yeah, yeah, hardcore sellout. Yeah, this is not the. 80s coke dealing show we were used to in the pilot anymore very different branch off from the cocaine cowboy show that you had predicted early there for sure bummer bummer uh any thoughts on annie addison aka from the first episode annie adderall so her and jeff obviously banged one out at one point <laughs> that knew what happened you caught the tension yeah i caught the tension for sure obviously didn't work out with britta she shut him down real quick episode one the whole witness protection program thing i was just Swing and a miss. It happens, man. You know, not yeah. everyone can bat well, 100, 1,000. But I could definitely see the cokehead getting in with the amphetamine dealer. So, I mean, that makes sense. I don't know why I didn't see that. Hey, fair enough. Sometimes we miss the easy ones. I know, right in front of my nose. Right up his. <laughs> right up his. Right up in there. Yeah, she... Uh, yeah, the whole time, we're looking for this lady, Kim... Who he found a note in his old locker, which again, like, is this a high school show now? They're meeting in the principal's office. They have locker. What the fuck college you've ever been to? We're like, let me go put my books away real quick. It it is funny on community because a it's like a four year community college, which is already weird inherently. Yeah, and then like, there's definitely a lot of high school tones to it for sure. I think a lot of these actors were like, I could still play sixteen. Donald Glover can for sure. He'll forever be well, not now. Well, yeah, not now, but back. Like, At that point in time, yeah, for sure. We're in 2023, baby. 2023. Happy New Year's, everybody, by yeah, the way. Happy New Year's, y'all. What's up? Well, yeah, it's just, uh, it definitely has taken on that childlike light tone, as I've said. And I don't know how I feel about that. Not quite sure. Not quite sure. Yeah, that, and then we find out that Kim, this... Uh, this enigma of a mystery woman we've been chasing down for a little bit of this episode is actually the weird serial killer dude who set us off on this wild goose chase in the first place. And oh my goodness, if watch the episode, look at this guy and then just hold your family close. Let's look at, he's a fucking, oh man. He does play like the type that would be, feel like they'd become a super or a super, a serial killer. Well, Oh yeah. I mean, very creepy energy. Yeah, like, why couldn't he just told him, like, hey, man, I kissed you once at a party, and you didn't like it. And you didn't like it. What, I told you my fan. name was Kim. And, well, yeah, the Kim name, too. Like, he's like, 16% men, I'm just picking 16% up. 16% of what, men are Kims. Yeah, from North Korea, everybody. So, we got that going for us. <laughs> I got that one. Yeah, that was, uh, that was just, like, the weirdest part of that whole first episode. It felt like a very, like, filler not a whole lot going on which made me be like this was the guy episode one he was the one manipulating everybody's like emotions and now he's just like a redemption path for 35 seconds of an episode 
Yeah, the uh, Jeff Winger's arc through the series is actually a funny one, too, because there's times that he's propelling everything, and there's times he just kind of takes a back seat like this episode. When he's not all hopped up on coke and amphetamines, he's like, I'll chill on the couch. Well, you got to have your downtime, man. Not everyone can ride the cocaine highs 24-7. Hanging out with Annie Adderall. <laughs> Hanging out with Annie Adderall. Damn. So, yeah, pillow, pillow Fort, pretty interesting episode for sure. Uh, I just love the motif. I love the I love the narration. That actor, uh, gosh, I, that's another actor whose name eludes me. Is always good. Does a lot of narration like that because he's got the deep gravelly voice. So it's just a very easy hire for narrator role. It's awesome. Also, I uh, wish I had that type of voice that people just wanted me to just read books to them. A great new character was the blind man Harry Jefferson. What the, what the fuck did he Oh, he he's doing? also... I'm, I only recognize him from this pair of episodes. I otherwise don't remember ever seeing him on Community. Which, Harry Jefferson, that name's hilarious all in, of itself. Great name, for sure. Outstanding name, in fact. You can see the universe in his eyes. <laughs> Those eyes are mesmerizing. Yeah, did anything else really happen this... Episode one, they build the pillow fort. That's it. Then the escalation to the war, and then we get to the narration, and we get. To, I like the. I like the way they use the text exchange between Jeff and Annie, as like reading it like their old timey letters in the war. Oh like yeah, I think that's like a funny bit they do throughout the episode. Uh, also, how do you do that thumbs up emoji, Jeff? <laughs> I really angry with you. Go to the app store and blah blah blah, Annie. Oh, a thing about Abed that I will reveal to you is he's a film student by this point in the series also. Okay. He's very into his obsession with movies and TV escalates to him becoming a film student. That is one aspect of his plot I'll give you. And fun fact, if you've seen the show, there's an episode, there's a scene in this episode where Chevy Chase is drinking Penning. And if if you're a casual fan, you might not know this, but if you're a hardcore community fan... That was not actually a part of the episode. They walked in on him in his uh, in his changing room, and he was drinking fucking Penning while the camera was running. And they're like, "We might as well leave this in." He said he does it every day. We're not. We don't have to go to the hospital, so we can laugh at this. But clearly, his mind is going to mush. I love behind the scenes tidbits like that. It's so fascinating to peel back the curtain and learn about these shows. Well, yeah. Ever since we started doing this, I downloaded. Uh, BuzzFeed actually does it. Download the BuzzFeed app, and you can get trivia to pretty much everything. Nice, man. Good to know. <laughs> yeah, BuzzFeed. Give right. it as a Chevy Chase ink addiction. Ink addiction. Yeah, we're going to... Informations. All of the polls that we do on Derek's Facebook pages for this are actually sponsored by BuzzFeed. I wish. That'd be sweet. Right, yeah. Yeah, shout out BuzzFeed if you want to sponsor my shit. Again, I'm very for sale out here, people. We will do it. No problemo. Yeah, I mean, we already got big tobacco. BuzzFeed should fall into place real quick. Easy peasy. Lines up nicely. So, over any uh, any additional future predictions out of the pillows and blankets? Going into the pillow fight? Yeah. I mean, I thought it was going to be as climactic as a pillow fight could be between college kids. Yeah, that tracks. Nope. That tracks. So, let's see if it played out. Let's see. So, yeah, they have a lot of battle. And then in the end, just two men hitting each other because they don't want to lose their friendship. Yeah. And I'm starting to really think that Abed is going to take over the world in this 
corporate the corporations buying human beings he might be the mastermind behind all of this might he, be masterminding he learned, it all he learned some shit in his time as a pi between season one and season three he got some secrets about people or he's got the leverage he's calling the shots it's a fun prediction. I'm pretty sure he says at one point in the episode, Subway is my favorite. <laughs> says it like twice. Nice. Yeah. I, I do like the moment at the beginning when uh, he's trying, when Subway's trying to give everyone fist bumps and saying, eat fresh. And then finally Abed's just like, eat fresh and gives him a fist bump. I was like, yeah, I, w- I would give that fist bump just to get him to go away for sure. Eat fresh as their farewell like saying is great. <laughs> eat eat fresh. Yeah. The eat fresh moments are fucking awesome. <laughs> I love that story. That that Britta and Subway falling in love with each other story is one of my favorite weird little su- fucking community stories out there. It's a great one. And like they say in the show, it is very Orwell, which is nice. Like, yeah, yeah. I like that they allude to the to it repeatedly just to hammer their message home. Mm-hmm. That's always great for television. Always great. But one, what else is great for television? Please. We start off season uh, or uh, episode two. It's the pillow fight war. It's going down hard. And before we get into all of that, because there's a meeting in the pillow fort about they're discussing terms. That's how they start the episode off. And a butt a butt sex reference gets brought up. And we don't get enough of those in TV. It's very subtle, but they're talking on the phone with this guy and he brings it up that that's what they're. Oh, this is actually from the subway. Recording. It's from the subway recording. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't. So, yeah, we got to touch on that. Well, they quick. did have their sexual relations in the pillow fort. Yeah, that's where that's why I got the two confused. Yeah, it wasn't there was the no wartime yet, but the pillow fort was there. Yeah, it wasn't the actual talk. It, that's what led up to it. And you don't get enough quality subliminal butt sex references in TV. I just wanted to say that really quick. I think that you're filling in a little bit of uh, you're filling in some blanks there to get to the butt sex reference that you're referring to. He literally vague. he says this is in San Francisco. I mean, like I said, that's a, qu- a quote from the movie or a quote from the show. Quote he from says, the show. He says it. Read it back. <laughs> read it back. But so back to the it starts off. They are discussing terms for the pillow fight war and they decide that they cannot be friends anymore. Friendship is broken. They had made a magazine about their friendship and had to tear it in half right in front of the whole camera. And like that is crazy that they bought a film crew to come check. I know it's from. Washtenaw County Community College schooling that they got the film crew, but that's crazy. They had them. They can't. They covered some good angles. They got some good angles, man. They brought hey, it out at the good time. These film students are doing pretty good work over here at Greendale, yeah. Yeah, and we find out that Britta is a photographer for the war, very Walter Cronkite, and a shitty one to boot. Yeah, she she takes some pictures of some not so revealing things. I wish that she would have got the footage of the war. But it is a pillow fight. It is a pillow fight. She got the one really good picture at the end on accident while trying to take a picture of a sack of waffles. And this whole time, people are jumping ship left and right. It's very Games of Thrones. The Pierce Pierce betrayal because he Troy demoted him from number two to number three (laughs) is just like really a funny little bit. So Pierce betrayed. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, it's good stuff. It's you get the child labor army. Yeah, they're a fighting force from hell. I love the line, most of these soldiers hadn't fought with pillows in decades. These kids, <laughs> pillow fighting was a way of life for them. It's like, yes. Hell yeah. Which, the fighting force, 
I loved it right off the bat, but it also leads into my favorite part of the entire episode where some dude comes out, it's Pillow Man, but it's clearly just a knockoff Michelin Man. Yeah, obviously. Which is amazing, but he starts beating the ever-living shit out of these kids. Oh, it's a highlight of the episode for me It is a bloodbath, and I would watch a TV show just of an adult in an octagon with seven, eight, eight-year-olds and he is in his michelin pad so he can't really rough these kids up but i mean he can smack their heads off the wall like off the cage a little bit i would watch that tv show yeah man man versus kids that should be a community spinoff that's that's the community spinoff we've all been waiting for folks maybe that's the direction the movie will go who knows maybe that's the direction good fun media will go (laughs) good funny media becomes adults beating the shit out of kids with pillows maybe we'll find out we just need some sponsorship money and just we can some set up sweet a sponsorship dough. Because I got a it. backyard that's big enough for an octagon. That he does. We've got the we've got the space to do it. So the Michelin man comes out, womps on some kids for a little bit. It's great stuff. And both sides have realized, oh wow, we just want nuclear. We where does it go from nuclear? And there has to be a truce. And then they meet in the principal's office. Which I was just like, what in the hell is going on? First off, this bald guy, he's he's already had more screen time than I care to see. Is Dean, except for on Saturdays, call me Craig. But like, even at a community college, if you're meeting one-on-one to talk discipline with the Dean, you did some shit. You are in trouble. I want to give a shout out momentarily, actually, to my favorite Facebook group that I'm in called It's Saturday, Call Me Craig. And every Saturday, all that happens is a person posts a picture of the Dean saying that to Jeff, which is like an iconic moment from the show, where he just goes, It's Saturday, Call Me Craig. And that's all that happens. Every week, someone shares that picture. Every week, I like that picture, and it only happens on Saturdays. But it's just like an adorable moment from a show I really like, and every Saturday, I see it on Facebook and go, oh, yeah, nice. It's Saturday. It's all about the little things. It's all about the little things, man. Shout out to the It's Saturday, Call Me Craig group. So they're trying to mend this whole relationship in the dean's office. And like you're only, you're only in the dean's office if you get caught, like selling Adderall on campus like straight up what else are you in there for so that's that's a plot point they probably just didn't have the time to touch on maybe one of the deleted scenes yeah oh and we got to talk about real quick real Neil with the pipes of steel oh man real Neil with the pipes of steel he probably gets so many ladies Dude, I like Neil a lot. Neil doesn't get a ton of screen time, but he's present throughout the entire series run. And he's yeah. a fun bat. He's a fun like D character on that show. He's that, a good one. That makes me very happy to hear because right off, I was like, you know what? I'm in love. Like, you miss the old days of like the Casey Kasem's. He's got a like, love story at one point, even. Oh, really? Yeah. Does it so happen to end up them having intercourse over the loudspeaker at the school? It does not end up that way, but it's a fun. Damn, it's a good that, story. The real, the real Neil love story is a funny one. That was a good guess. Good guess, though, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What uh? What else really goes down in this episode? I mean, the the war is over the majority of the episode. The, that that's the meat and the potatoes of this whole episode. Um, all the different war confessionals in the documentary style. It's a it's a good run. Oh, what do you think of, you get to see it at the very end. Troy and Abed's handshake is one of my favorite handshakes 
out there is when they do the double slap of their chest and each other's hand at the exact same time. I don't think I caught it. It only happens with the pillows is the true small oh, moment. It's okay. harder to tell because it, of the pillows I in I thought their it hands. was just like a real quick. Nope, that's actually like their handshake. So it's a double okay. tap of like their hands and chest at the same time. And they just Got like you. do it in sync really well with each other. And it's just a good one. Well, and then the credit starts to roll. And it's trying to do a handshake. And it's an infomercial selling shit on a show that clearly is they're going against corporate America. They want you not to fall in love with any of the products you love. Hey, you know what? You like going to Starbucks? Go to fucking Starbucks. We don't all have time for the mom and pop shop down the street. They take 15 minutes. You don't get your shit right. I mean, if you like if you like going to Whole Foods, I don't, but just go to Whole Foods. Just do your thing. Don't hate corporate America. Embrace it. Embrace corporate America. That's the subtle undertone of the me- of the messaging here from this sh- podcast, but from the show. <laughs> From the show, it is don't fall in love with corporate America. Buy our shit, though. Because it's an infomercial at the end. And, like, I don't want to buy that. I mean, I bet you someone's grandmother will, but, like, that it's probably stocking stuffer stuff. Stocking stuffers. But, yeah, that was just my thing about that whole episode. It was like, I see what you're doing. Trying to You're m- on to them. Trying to make us think you're on our side. You are the enemy. Embrace corporate America, folks. Well, on the note of Embrace Corporate America, we'll go ahead and wrap up the part two of this conversation. We're going to turn on the series finale and uh, get Dickie's thoughts on the finale for you guys right now. And we return from... Watching the community finale, which admittedly I haven't watched since it came out. So that's been like eight years, seven years since uh, it came out. And the last hurrah. The last hurrah. Yeah, the final couple Six seasons. Six years out of community college? Christ. Post Donald Glover. <laughs> Get it together. I, I, I usually stop watching community when Donald Glover leaves when I rewatch community because I've rewatched community a good handful of times over the years. And that's usually my ending point, which happens in season five. So this finale felt a little fresh to me overall. It's been a while since I've watched it. What'd you think? Well, I do think it was a bold move, breaking the fourth (laughs) wall right off the bat the entire episode and making your series finale about them making a season seven of another another TV show. Clearly talking about making another one of this, which I don't know how that went. It's a, it's, an inter- it's a really weird and interesting one because their thing was always six seasons in a movie, which they throw up the hashtag at the end and everything. Mm-hmm. And now the movie is happening, which is I, I'm excited. These these TV shows turned movies are never like my favorite no. thing. But when it's a cast I love enough, I'm always happy to return to a little extra time with them. It's a fun time. So it'll be fun to watch. But it's uh, we I'm, want Chevy yeah. Chase back. John Goodman, oh, we Chad, want him back. Oh, tell me, what do you think happened to those characters from uh, bef- why they're not around anymore? Give me some theories. What there. do you think happened to two elderly gentlemen, like geriatric, delusional, going through some shit? I think yeah. They, well, they're no longer with us. <laughs> so, Chevy Chase, they killed. They they killed off his character. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. They, they had him die. Yeah, I'm sure. And John Goodman just got. Oh, he dies did he, did he get also. The... Yeah, he he gets murdered. <laughs> yeah, John Goodman's character gets murdered. 
That's a plot twist. I mean, Ipsy's known for that type of um, shit. It's every all once about in a while. that air conditioning school. So that plot line from that episode does get resolved by the end of that season, but that story gets way more ridiculous by the end. Sounds like some mafioso shit. It's like so the whole school is like. Once you're in the air conditioning school, you can no longer hang out with anyone outside of the school, and you are an air conditioning repairman for life. That is your life now. It's like a full indoctrination with, like, super crazy ceremonies and shit. And, like, basically Troy goes on to reveal that he basically is the chosen one and, like, wins a battle for his freedom eventually after being forced to sign in to save his friends. The whole, like, fucking insane plot. John Goodman's body ends up in an air conditioning unit. Uh, He gets murdered by his underling who tries to take over his spot. I did not see that shit. I mean, I knew they died, but I thought it was going to be, like, cholesterol. and (laughs) Nope. Way crazier. Just like the effects of Alzheimer's, but Jesus. Yep, way crazier. So, and then when they're doing, they're trying to make this sh- season seven. Are they, are they like brainstorming the pilot or not the pilot, but what the season opener would be or what the season would be? I th- both to a scale. It, it jumps from character to character to see what they would do with it, and it all ends up back into the original uh, study group. They want to get back into that, or maybe they've been doing that the whole time. I don't know how serious they're taking community college. They've been there six years. So the final phase, they're no longer a study group. They're a committee to save Greendale from going bankrupt. So they're there, like, helping develop programs. Trying to get some boosters. Yeah, like like the whole plot becomes – so Jeff becomes a professor. Of what shady economics? <laughs> I don't fucking remember, but he's he he gets his degree and then becomes a professor at Greendale, and uh, yeah, so that's his plot thread. It's it's wonky. The 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 backstretch is wonky. Well, and then so they keep cutting back to the study group, and why would the show not hire at least two college age kids to be in it? It looks like a senior citizen meeting. Ken Jong. He looks like he needs a doctor. He looks like he needs to go, like, make sure his medical degree is still intact. Because <laughs> he looks like hell. Like, why did they not think, like, hey, maybe a 23-year-old might fill one of these roles? Well, yeah. <laughs> so, because the people that add on is, like, an admin and uh, all the characters that add on. It's really weird. Yeah, and also, Fuck. As they're doing one of these flashback moments, or they're brainstorming moments, Britta's vaping. Yep. She, she's vaping. She went from smoking a good cigarette to vape. We're losing big tobacco. <laughs> big tobacco falling out. Yeah. They're going to see that we, like, oh, man, I can't even talk about these breezes. <laughs> Ryan can for days and days, but I can't even bring it up. Man, yeah, big tobacco, <laughs> Dickie. Sorry, the sponsorship is trying to lock down. Stop quitting. Just go back to lighten up. <laughs> Vaping, Jesus. <laughs> Anarchy. Anyways, that was one of the that was, uh, a, that, that was a that was a season seven. I would not make. That's a season seven. Dickie will have no fucking part of. No, they had other ideas that were much better. One on one of them, ice yeah. cu- ice cube head. Ice Cube Head was pretty funny. Ice Cube Head, that was a fucking trip. Yep, so that's where you get to hear Dan Harmon coming in with a voice. A little something we know from Rick and Morty. Yep, some some familiarity. Or what I call some overrated shit. 
Not a Rick and Morty fan? Not really. Only because everyone was like, this is the best adult animated cartoon ever. And I was like, they've been doing it for three, four seasons now. Don't even talk. We need South it's, Park. Will it's be very the, good. South Park's South, the goat. South all. Park is the goat. I'm with you in this category. So yeah, just yeah. because there was that little bit of a debate back when Rick and Morty got big, I, I'm Fair enough. not about it. It is all right, but overrated. It's a funny show. Different, different conversation. We're talking community. Community. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Rick James, Rick James had a community so, bracelet and shirt. How'd you feel about Abed's appearing sanity and Jeff Winger kind of appearing to be losing his? Well, I think Jeff Winger had been doing hard drugs in Columbia and it caught up with him. He looked from the la- the one episode. That we the middle episode we watched to this one, he's aged twenty years. He he now looks forty five years old for sure. Yeah, he definitely aged up a good bit in that little stretch for sure. And I bet he's moving to Los Angeles. I'm betting gonna rent a car, drive up the coast to San Francisco to work for some tech company. And this dude's gonna take over the world for sure. He's not making shitty TV shows there a dime a dozen. He doesn't want any part of that. That's just a fucking that's a pawn in his game. Pawn in his game. <laughs> I like this theory. Abed's taking over the world. Look at the theory continues. You can't spell Amazon without a bed. <laughs> so where do you think Troy went? If you had to take a guess where Troy's journey took him. Previously when you saw him, you had noticed that you feel he had devolved into an eight to nine year old. So and now he's gone in this episode. I don't think they would have went the Benjamin Button route where he's now an infant somewhere. I don't think that. You might. I don't. But I just think that he had to end up going to like a home for adults who think they're kids and are shitting their pants. And because he definitely did not get into the whole air air conditioning thing, I hope. Really hope because we know what happened to our boy. He ended up dead. And I don't think that was his career path. I think he should have stuck in school. So he actually reluctantly signs up for that to save the rest of the crew. Like, like he has to save all of his friends from a fate that the dean of the air conditioning school is like, yeah, I'll save your friends if you finally sign up for us. So he does it to save them. And he's in. he gets sequestered from them. And that's like a big season three finale moment. And then the murder happens, and the guy who takes over wants to just get rid of him. So he's like, yeah, you can walk. Go back to your friends. Don't get out of here. It's fine. And then he winds up having a big climactic air conditioning repair battle with the heir apparent of John Goodman's heir apparent, where he does <laughs> reveal himself to be the truest air conditioning repair man. And he makes it so he can both study that and just be friends. And he's like, we're just going to be at normal school now. You guys can just... Do whatever you want and study air conditioning repair. And he basically just sets everyone free. I, I Pretty just, triumphant stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, that's crazy how that became such a part and that it wrapped up a murder. Oh, but, it was like a major plot thread for a little over a season. Like, this was a slow-burning plot. I'm glad I got cut in on a little bit of it. It makes a little bit more sense. I like You knew this whole thing was built on just terrible ethics and morals and right off the bat with Koki Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you start with the cokehead is your foundation. Who finally kisses Annie Adderall. <laughs> match made in heaven. It's match made in stimulant heaven. 
Yeah, I uh, well, I appreciated their kiss and like she doesn't throw away her future to like stay with him or anything like that or dramatic and he doesn't like leave to be with her. They just like have a kiss and she says goodbye and goes off on her adventures. And I appreciate that part of the finale. But I think that when she does her little season 7, what would if? What if type of thing? She does have a kid with him. And No, that's his. Oh, that's his. Yeah, that was in his head. I thought his was with the hot Redheads. No, he had. Well, I mean, he had multiple, but that oh, was also his. Okay, I thought his was just the hot redhead. No, hers was the one of like, why would you guys keep me here? Why would you want me this for me? Because one of my, I think that is the alternate reality that plays out after that big kiss, and she drives off, or he drives off in the cab or whatever. And I think they do have that kid, and the kid becomes part of Chang's fighting force. Chang's next generation of fighters, child yep. fighters. Well, because he has, he gives him a very ominous look when he says, "I'm gay." Like, I'm gonna abduct your son. That's the look he gives. Yeah. He comes out as gay after all those years, and then just gives him a look of child abduction. Yep, I've seen that look. The Chang look of child abduct Chang. If you know of any of this going on in your neighborhood, or report it. Please report it. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. I think that's a good, strong message to get behind. And on a different note, if you see Ryan King wandering around, you know who to call. Dicky, because he likes to hang out with Ryan King. No, nine one one. That part I'm going to have to say, folks. Don't follow his advice on that one. Child abductor one. Follow that advice. Good call. The Ryan King advice. Jury's still out, folks. Jury's still jury, out. Jury's still out. Dickie might just be scorned in this situation. It's hard to tell. I haven't gotten the situation report either. I'm all, I only know what I hear on hearsay. It's, I, it's a two-sided thing, apparently. It's a two-sided thing, apparently. And uh, Yeah, you know, HR told me to stay out of it, so I'm going to stay out of it. I, I, I respect that. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's good. We can, I, we can finish talking about community, though. We can finish talking about community. Uh, any time. other plot threads that of interest? What do you think happened to Britta across these six years? Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe it's because she like they had that thing, and I thought that was going to be the like up and down roller coaster. Oh no! Only through season one, and then they 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 have them like hook up, like they get drunk does and she, fuck a couple times without it ever being more throughout the later part. But does like, she go through a phase in college? No, she does not. She actually has a funny episode where she's like going to a school dance. Yeah, funny enough, yeah, <laughs> with a woman who she thinks is a lesbian, and that. It. And, but she wants just because she wants to be friends with the lesbian, and that other chick thinks that Brit is a lesbian. So they both just think each other are lesbians, while both are just straight women trying to <laughs> prove a point to society. It's a really funny episode. I knew it. Um. Yeah, she kind of just. I don't know. She had a lot of spunk. In the pilot, and then just became kind of like a mundane, kind of just there. She kind of becomes like the everyone shits on her a person. Like, she becomes like... She's Maybe that's what she gets for not going out to dinner with my boy. <laughs> that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> no, they do have some will-they-won't-they stuff throughout season one and whatnot, and a couple other slight dalliances, but the, sh- the shift kind of does... The majority of the series is Jeff and Annie centric as far as the will they won't they on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, they find Troy and Britta date for a while, in fact. Oh, no shit. Yeah, Troy and Britta date for like a half a season or so. Yeah, maybe that's a, on top of his past trauma. It's probably a lot for him. He had to get out of this fucking school. Yeah. So the quote, I can, he... t- I can tell you now what it is. And this is the first time they ever do anything. They take an acting class together 
And the acting teacher's trying to get everyone to express their darkest pain, but he's like, you know, I was a cool guy in high school, and it was hard, and everyone was like... And he starts making up a story about how his aunt or someone touched his no-no place. Oh, my God. That's why I was cracking up earlier when you were talking about this, because he's making it up. To, but then Britta gets turned on by his pain. She's really into men in pain, so she like kisses him eventually, so he keeps the lie up. No, Uncle Lucius, I don't want to play in the laundry room. My emotions! My emotions! But yeah, he for like a whole episode, he keeps making references to, Mama, touch my no-no place! And so that's what I was going to clip in earlier. It might sound like I watched these shows prior to this, folks. I do not. I wouldn't want to ruin this fun. I'm just... I'm just so good at what I do. Yeah, I was cracking up when you made that specific reference to him being touched earlier in this episode. Because, yeah, I was I was just thinking of... That's one of my favorite episodes of the show, too. It's just a really funny episode start to finish. I forget what the other plot line in that episode is, because that's my favorite part of it. But gold stuff and community, the no-no place. Donald Glover, man, he's so entertaining. Yeah, he, I mean, he's just... He does so much with, like, so much shit. Says his hands on everything. Yeah, man. It's awesome. It's great stuff. His stand-up could be a little bit better, but it's all right. It's okay. Yeah, it's, it's okay. he's not my favorite stand-up overall, but I've, I enjoyed this. I've enjoyed the stand-ups I've seen from him. He's got some bits. Yeah. Closing thoughts on the show. Um, The grand question. Is it worth it? This one, I was, I'm on the fence a little bit, but... I know there's a lot of outlandish shit that's got to be said during it. And I'm going to have to go with it's just worth it enough. Nice. I would even add an addendum. You could say it's worth it till Donald Glover leaves and just treat because that episode has well, some I'm finality honestly, to it also where you could kind of just walk away and it doesn't feel that bad. I'm honestly in it for Chevy Chase and as much John Goodman as I can get. All right. However many episodes that might be. Because that, honestly, that one ridiculous comment in episodes enough for me to be like, yeah, nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to say it's just worth it enough. Nice. Giving it a barely worth it. All right. Into it. We've gotten the grading so far through two shows. We had a fully worth it and just worth it enough. Yeah. We will be selected. Uh, so. I think we're leaning towards 30 Rock for the next one of these installments. Uh, so we'll, you'll hear some 30 Rock talk soon. We'll talk about it. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll mull it over. We'll see. And uh, Dickie, thank you for joining us here on After the Laugh Track once again, my friend. Thank you for having me, brother. Absolutely a good time. If you want to check us out again in the future or dive backwards in the catalog and see all the other cool shit we've been dropping, hit like, follow, subscribe, five, five stars, all the various buttons one can smash click. Smash them, smash them, smash them. Smashers. Uh, also, check out the other good shit here at Good Fun Media. We've got Morons of the Multiverse dropping every Wednesday with Marvel Cinematic Universe fandom content. We also have D2B2 Sports sitting up sports gambling topics and a whole lot of weird nonsense along the yeah. way. Every Get Friday. into sports gambling. Yeah, everybody, just start gambling. You will win money. Oh, you'll win. And if you don't win money, you have a shot to win money. You know who has two thumbs and hasn't been winning much money? This guy. You can't see my thumbs right now, people, but they're pointing at myself. Yep. He, but I'm having fun making picks anyway. It's a good time. He looks, pretty he good. looks Nick, happy. Guys, Nick he's is, sad. Nick's pretty profitable on the season with this picks overall. I am not. 
I did have a four and zero. I did have a four and zero week two weeks ago. That was pretty hot. Felt pretty good about that. I had some parlays a while ago. It didn't go so great. Mm. I've been out. I did have a very profitable fantasy football season. Proud of myself there. I I won some decent coin. Like I I'm up like eight hundred dollars on the fantasy football season this year. Nice. Hell yeah, baby. It's a good run. And uh, thank you guys for listening. After Laugh Track, we'll be coming at you each and every Thursday. Stay tuned. Check us out on social media. Sometimes we do stuff. Most of the time we don't. But we're going to try to increase that load at After Laugh Track, Twitter, Instagram, etc. Peace. Knocking our door. Knocking our door. We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. Where the kids are hers, hers and hers and his, and his three's company, company too. Touching butts. Touching butts and touching stuffs. Should have seen how Dickie was dressed. But I'm here to have a bunch of meat eaten off of my boobs. <laughs> That ass won't quit. One of the fathers made a pass at him, which it happens. And would you pass up that education for a little touch touch? Child abduction. Wendy Testballsers. Martha's team will never be short on dick because they've <laughs> right. got gin. Your fart is accenting it nicely. Yeah. And eating digs. Hot diggity dongs. When I embarrass him, all four cheeks get red. My horn can pierce the sky. No, Uncle Lucius, I don't want to play in the laundry room. My emotions. My emotions.